You are alive to shine. I'm Beth. And I'm Kate. And this is the Shine Podcast, where we meet lots of different people and hear about the ways that they light up the world. And here's why we're doing this. We've been changed and affected by people who shine with the love of Jesus. And the world needs people like that and like you right now. So be encouraged and let your light shine. How old were you when you went to Alaska? 19. That was one one of my questions. How did you end up in Alaska? Well, my aunt and my cousins lived there. Why'd you go? Because they invited me to come for the summer after my high school graduation. So I went up and hung out with them and worked at a Michelin tire shop. Did you come home? Yeah. Then in the end of the summer, they had worked and saved their money to travel the United States. We drove down the Alcan together, and they dropped me off in Montana, and they went and toured the United States and Mexico, and I went to work at a bank. You went back to Alaska? Yeah, then I worked at the bank for a year and then went back up to Alaska. I thought it was a good time to get out of Dodge. (laughs) You were in Montana? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You were born there? I was born and raised there. My heart and home is there, yes. Yes. (laughs) Now, I know know your life history, so... (laughs) I'm going to take a back seat, I think, and just kind of listen. (laughs) (laughs) How old were you when you got married? 21. Tony was up there in the Air Force. Yes. Elmendorf Air Force Base. So how did you guys meet up there? I belonged to a Catholic adult youth group, and he belonged to the one on... Young singles? Young singles, yes. And he belonged to the one on the base... And they had a together party for Halloween, and that's where we met. And he thought your name was Lucy. <laughs> Did, yeah. Because you had a friend that called him Lucy, called yes. you Lucy, and so he couldn't find you for three weeks because he kept asking everybody who Lucy was. Yes. And nobody <laughs> knew. <laughs> and then they're finally like, oh, you mean Seal. Yes. And then he called me and we talked for three hours. I should say he talked for three hours and I listened. And that's the last time he talked. (laughs) (laughs) He got everything out. He got everything out right then, (laughs) up front. (laughs) That's great. And then you spent the next 49 years talking. Probably. You ready? Yes, I'm ready. Welcome, Shine Podcast listeners. It's Jay. And Josh. And we are here with my mama today, <laughs> the lovely Cecilia Jean Sarazen Altomare, more affectionately called Seely. Hello. By everyone who loves her. <laughs> you used to be called Seal. Yes. Like we grew up, you were Seal until you went to work after we well, all Well, and my uncle called me Sally, and I had a, another aunt that called me Cece, and another aunt that called me Seely, so... I liked Seely better. It sounded a little softer than Seal. When Riley asked who I was going to talk to today, mm-hmm. Megan said, it's Auntie M's mom. Do you know who that is? And she said, Grandma Seely. Oh, goody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's so precious. So affectionately known as Grandma Seely. Mm-hmm. So Seely was born and raised in the Rocky Mountains in Montana. A rancher's daughter, cattle rancher. She grew up on a ranch. Her family was Marlboro Cowboys, like the magazines, for real. They won their belt buckles in rodeos. (laughs) They wear Wrangler jeans Mm -hmm. and cowboy hats, 
cowboy boots and western shirts yeah it's legit so that sounds awesome it's in her blood she graduated the top 10 in her class she went to clyde park high school how many people were in your class? Ten. <laughs> I was in the top ten. And she was in the top ten. After high school, she took a trip to Alaska, spent the summer there, came back, and then went back, got out of Dodge, thought Alaska would be more fun than Montana, went to Alaska at 19, where she met her husband, Tony. It was history after that. They got married shortly after they met. They got married in April. They had to postpone their wedding because Celie took her brother's motorcycle out on a bike ride and he told her not to and she wrecked and broke her leg and was in a full leg cast for a wedding that got postponed because she was in the hospital when she was supposed to get married. Tony and Celie were married for 49 and a half years before Tony, yes, yes. Tony passed. Mm -hmm. So he's been gone for four years. Yes. October 2017. Yes. 2017. Mm -hmm. Together, they had four children. Monica, who is the oldest. Myself. <laughs> Our sister, Erin, and our brother, Paul. So she had one baby in Alaska, one baby in California, and two babies in Montana. Yes. And then her husband decided to buy a golf course in Columbiana, Ohio. He was from this area, born and raised in the Lisbon area. Leton no, Letonia. Letonia area. Went to Crestview. He was a rebel. Yeah, he's a Crestview rebel. Moved our family from Montana to Ohio. There, We tease mom. There are heel marks from Montana <laughs> to Ohio all the way where she was screeching and protesting the move from, from yes. Montana to Ohio. Yes, there was. And we landed here in January. 1981. 1981, in the middle of winter. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. How old were you? I was 10. So we bought Whispering Pines Golf Course, mm -hmm. and we were there for five years, and then... It fell through. Moved on. Yeah, moved on. Celie raised four kids. She had a paper route for 297 years. Yes. <laughs> she faithfully <laughs> delivered newspapers every morning. It was, she said she might as well get paid for exercising. So yes. she had a paper route. She homeschooled Erin and Paul for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. That really wasn't her cup of tea, right? Right. <laughs> but she gave it a go. After all her kids graduated... Were you a grandma by the time? Bill? I was 43 when I was a grandma. She was a young grandma. So yes. A really young grandma. I she loved got it. her name Grandma Seely when she was 43 years old and has been that ever since. And I remember telling this lady that said, oh, you're a grandma now. And I said, nobody calls me grandma until that baby does. <laughs> I didn't really want to be grandma at 43. I mean, I was happy to have a baby girl, but. Grandma sounded pretty old. <laughs> so she's Grandma Seely to six grandchildren. Yes. She's got three grandsons and three granddaughters. So evenly yes. split. Yes. The oldest is 31 and the youngest two are 15. So big gap there with that grandkids. Mm -hmm. She's worked at the YMCA in Boardman for 19 years. She works at the service desk where she <laughs> registers people for programs, answers phone, gives tours, yes. tells everything that everybody needs to know. They're the information hub. So That's right. At the Y. She's yes. been there for 19 years. She's a favorite there with all of the members. 
Fun fact about Celie is she is a connoisseur of hairdressers. Oh, yes. We've lived in Ohio and Columbiana for how many years? 40. 40 years. And she counted it up and says she has seen how many hairdressers? 25. 25. And some of those had two rounds to them. (laughs) I told her she's not counting right because I think she goes to three a year. But her hair has always looked pristine. It's always beautiful. But she makes the rounds to all the hairdressers. So if you need... A reference or a recommendation, <laughs> check with Celie because she has all the information about all the hairdressers from town to Boardman to Youngstown to West Virginia. Yes. And everywhere in between. So, yeah, for guys, the, they, you can't leave the barber. That you I know. It's like too awkward. You got to stick with them. Oh, <laughs> no. Can't. What if you don't appreciate what they've done, Josh? You just got to suck it up. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, oh. it's always fun to laugh with Grandma Seeley. Yes. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you, guys. We're Thank missing you. Kate today. Kate's under the weather. for So thanks, Josh, for filling in. Thank Absolutely. you, Josh. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. I did have a quick question. I okay. knew about Montana and Alaska and Ohio, but... Mm-hmm. California was also mentioned. Yes. How long were you in California and where? Well, when Tony was discharged from the Air Force, he wanted to go and play golf 12 months out of the year. So he had a roommate that was from California, Long Beach area. And so he guided us to California and we went and we ended up in the ghetto. I'm not kidding you. My parents drove me and Monica down and Tony drove the car down and we went to our little house apartment (laughs) in Hawaiian gardens. And the first night there were sirens and shootings and no one was killed, but it was, and my parents were there. So there was like, we are not leaving our children here. So within a week, we moved out of Hawaiian gardens to a little bungalow in Bellflower and Tony worked for Kaiser Premeditate Hospitals. Okay. And physical therapy. Permanente. Mm-hmm. Kaiser Permanente. So he was a physical therapist at that Well, point. not... A th- he had come out of the Air Force in physical therapy. Okay. A technician. Okay. So that's what he did at Kaiser. Okay. And then went to Long Beach City College. Okay. In that field. But... We were only there like 18 months, I think, and he had to walk off the golf course because it was so smoggy. Wow. So he said, well, I'm not getting to pay 12 months out of the year, so (laughs) we can go to Montana. (laughs) So we moved to Montana. And Celie did go to a semester of college at Montana State University. Yes, I did. We were living in student housing at Montana State, Mm -hmm. and Dad took a semester off, and so... In order to stay there, yes. she signed up for college. What yes. did you take? Sociology. <laughs> so she left the kids at home with, t- well, where with were a we? sitter. I don't even remember. Well, I'm sure you were in school. Oh. You were in first and second grade, maybe. I went to my few little classes. There weren't too many, but I took sociology. Did you enjoy it? Oh, I probably was more concerned about the kids being home with whoever. And yeah, it was okay. It wasn't a big thrill. So, Celie. Yes. Who or what turned your light on? Well, I was raised Catholic and I did learn about Jesus. We had a very 
loving, caring Catholic community. It was a mission church because we were very rural and the nuns would come out in the summer and teach us catechism. And so I learned a lot from there. But then when we moved to the city, the big city, university, and lived in student housing, we ended up going to the college campus church. It was called Resurrection Parish and it was very charismatic. And I really learned about Met Jesus there. They had charismatic services, and we joined a charismatic prayer group, which was called Children of the Lord's Victory. My kids remember it, and we would meet every Thursday night and pray and worship and have testimonies and teaching. And so, really, Jesus lit my light up. I didn't find that as much when we moved to Ohio. It was a little bit stricter here. So I was very devastated by the move, and I was so sad, and I went to what they call the Mustard Seed Bookstore on Main Street, which was facilitated by the upper room. And I went in, and the gentleman there, I said, do you have any counselors? Well, sure, he said, we have a lady, and I'll get you an appointment. It was Shirley Striefler. Oh. In 1980 probably was 83, I met Shirley Striefler, and she has walked me through being sad and lonely and missing home. And then we started going to the upper room, but we would go to the upper room in the morning, and then at night we'd go to the Catholic church until we got burned out by that. And my kids are like, do we have to go to church at night too? (laughs) So we've really been at the upper room since 1984. I love this church. It saved my life. Well, Jesus saved my life. But it has been a good community, a family to me. It's been so good. Do you remember when your dad found out you weren't going to the Catholic Church? Oh, yes. You know, we went to the upper room. And then when Monica and Bruce were going to get married, okay, I'm like in my 40s, and they're going to come to the wedding. So I need to tell them the wedding is not going to be at the Catholic Church, Dad. Oh, Jesus, have mercy. I didn't know what to do. And I don't know. I can't remember. But I did tell him. And Beth, what do you remember him saying? He was sitting in the kitchen on a chair and he said, Oh, Cecilia. Oh, Cecilia, I never thought you'd leave the Catholic Church. I'm so disappointed in you. Oh, no. It was very crushing. But we stayed at the upper room. And they went to the wedding and they were very happy and very open and they love Bruce and Shirley went to Montana with us. You know, they have embraced them beautifully, but Catholicism was pretty strong in his heart. So you've always loved Jesus, even when you were little. He was... Yes. You had a really good experience in the Catholic Church and learning about Jesus. And I remember I, I had learned that the devil was on my left shoulder and God was on my right shoulder. So we had this sewer down in our basement. I'd do something bad and I'd go down towards the sewer and I'd brush the devil in the sewer and then I'd go back up and thought, oh good, I'm relieved of him. (laughs) I had to go to the sewer often. (laughs) And I do have a cute story. Once I was 10, I think, and I was so happy and I was dancing and I was going hiking. I was up on this little mountain and I laid down in the grass and I looked up at the heavens and there was, you know, what you think God would look like in the clouds. It was his arms were out and his head and it scared me so bad. I jumped up and I ran home as fast as I could and hid under my bed. I was so afraid. I wish now I had stayed, talked to him, but I had, I did have a fear of him. You kind of grew up 
in the Jesus culture with the Jesus people, right? Yes, yes. Tell us about that error. Right. Okay. Oh, so this is Tony and I went to a concert at the Montana State Fieldhouse and it was Dallas home. Anybody remember? This is going to really date me. And he had a big, what do you call those? Um, you know, crusade. crusade. And he had an altar call. This was before we moved to Ohio and we went forth and gave our lives to Jesus then. And it was in 1975, I remember, because I got a little card that said April 1975. We were so happy. Then after that, we kind of got involved in Bible studies out in at the university. And then we started going to the charismatic prayer group. And we went to Notre Dame one year to the big Catholic charismatic, you know, where thousands of people gather and praise Jesus. And it was exciting. So what lights you up? Probably my kids and my grandkids again. My life's not too bright because it's been a tough 10 years. So there's just a little blinky light in there. And I don't have a lot that lights me up except my kids. Tell us about the past 10 years. What's been going on? Well, my husband got cancer and suffered through really intense different you know, surgeries and chemo and... Effects of chemo. Effects of chemo and they had MRSA and... Anyway, so then he passed on and life does change a lot, but my kids are just amazing. They are bright lights to me. They really, I think, like me. I go out to Colorado and visit Paul and Chrissy as often as I can. Paige comes here to Ohio and uh, spends some time with us in the summer, and that's really fun. And I do go out to Montana some, and that lights me up. I have three brothers and family out there. Do they still do ranch work? Yes, they do have a ranching. My parents also died right after my husband, which that also was in the mix of losing my husband. And then my dad died right after that. He was 95. And then right after that, my mom died and she was 95. And they lived really long, beautiful lives, healthy, happy. But they were three really important people in my life. And so kind of took the wind out of our sails. What's your favorite thing with your grandkids? Oh, my favorite thing is just watching them do different things like um, Ariel danced. It was so fun watching her dance. Jaden dances. Jacob and Jordan did football and soccer and Owen did soccer and everything else you can think of. Just uh, Paige does dirt biking. I would go out there. They were on a dirt bike tour or whatever. Anyway, they dirt bike and that was really fascinating, fun watching them. Just communicating with them. They're just really funny, and and we're able to laugh and be silly together. And if any of you are Columbiana football fans, my brother Paul played football for four years. He was a Columbiana Clipper. And Seely was the influencer and the corn and cowbells. She started that phenomena at the football games. So if you go to a Columbiana football game and you hear the shakers and the cowbells, it was literally a cowbell for Montana. Yes, it was. <laughs> but she brought to the games and it has carried on since then. All those yes. Years. One of the things that I think of when I think of you that I would think maybe would light you up would be worshiping with the kids at the upper room. Oh, I do love that. Yes. It's one of my favorite things Worship is, is, is to see you with yes. the kids, you know, yes. going around the church. And I've gotten to be a part of that a couple of times. Yes, it's Josh. Very fun. That is. That does light me up. I love worship. Worship at the upper room is like no other place. You know, we've been going here for at least 38 years. And sometimes I'll meet an old friend and they'll say, well, where do you go to church now? 
are you still in the upper room? I'm like, yes, I will never leave the upper room. It is just rock solid family, Jesus loving, amazing place. Mm -hmm. So talk to us about this season. How did God show up for you in this season of sickness and death and loss with three of the most important people in your life? Well, because I lived in Ohio, I was always concerned that I would not be around when my parents pass. And having Tony be sick, I couldn't leave. So my prayer was always that I could be there with my parents at the end. And I actually was right. Um, my dad died first and we had called the priest in and I was able to be right there with him for a week or two in advance and have communion with him. And it was just really beautiful. Then um, later, as my mom got sicker, I was out there and she was in a nursing home. And I just threw a mattress and blankets on the floor because she was in a one bedroom place. And I just slept beside her on the floor. And she was going, but laboring to die, it seemed like. And um, I felt like probably that night she might go in the night. So I was just right there with her praying the Hail Mary with her because I know she was, I could see her mouth moving for Hail Mary. And I believe Mary was a vital part of her life and Jesus. But uh, so then at eight o'clock in the morning, woke up and um, I could see she was going and I was just right there holding her hand, telling her I loved her and that, you know, just to go ahead and go and be with Jesus. And that was really a precious time. Just listening to you, uh, I just wonder how has your Catholic foundation helped to build your faith since that time. Like your Catholic roots right. seem to have huge impact on your life and your faith. And I just wonder how yeah. that how that helped to kind of be a foundation for you and how you carried that forward. Maybe the fundamentals, just knowing that Jesus is the Son of God, the Holy Spirit, the whole Trinity. You know, we weren't taught really to read the Bible, but the Bible was read to us which now I you know read the Bible, which is wonderful. Just prayer, everything about it, just the faith stories, the saint stories. The... Celie's really great at praying for lost things. She has a gift. And every time someone in our entire family loses something, we're like, text Grandma Celie, call Grandma Celie, and ask her to start praying for it. And nine times out of 10, we find what we were looking for. She has an anointing on her to pray for lost things. Well, and some of my Catholic friends will say, oh, well, you should pray to St. Anthony. I'm like, no, I'm going to the big guy. I'm, Jesus will help us find it. <laughs> so I do go to him and believe in him in prayer. I don't get sidetracked there. Once I found, I wore green contacts and I was at a outside swimming pool and grass, wild wood, and I lost my green contact in green grass. It was a soft lens and I found it, but I was praying and I just studied and studied the grass and there it was. There's many things. Sometimes I'll pray for people at the Y that lose their hearing aids. It takes a bit of a step in faith for me to pray because I'm not sure they think this crazy lady, but I'll pray for it and I'll find it hidden in their stroller or it'll show up in somebody's random zipper bag or it's just kind of cool, fun stories because he has eyes. He sees to and fro. He sees everything. I'm going to keep that in mind next time I've lost my wallet. Yes, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's one thing that I really appreciate 
about you being my mom is that you taught me how to pray. I feel like prayer is a very powerful thing in my life, and mm-hmm. I got that from you. Oh, so thank I'm, you. I'm very grateful for you for yeah. teaching me how to be a prayer warrior. So tell us, in this season of your life, how are you letting your light shine? Well, just really love greeting people at the Y. There's a lot of people that are hurting come in, a lot of people that are lonely, and they just lost their husband or their wife, and just, you know, kind of maybe smiling at them and saying... Welcome. How you doing today? It's going to be a better day. Or and just maybe listening to their stories because we have a lot of people that just come and we're kind of trapped behind the desk, so we have to listen, which is okay. And if you just listen to them, they just tell you sad stories or maybe happy things, and just maybe being an ear to listen to them or smiling. They'll say, oh, you have the nicest smile. Your smile made me happy. Or, you know, just things like that. A guy said to me today, he said, you are always sunshine, aren't you? I said, no, I'm not always sunshine. He said, well, I know sometimes we have to fake it, but you, you bring sunshine. So that was so sweet of him. Yeah. And Celie has this knack of people meeting people and they tell her, their whole life stories. We used to like hate when she went to the grocery store. We'd like go in the car. She's like, I'll be right back. I'm running in for a can of tomato soup. And we'd be (laughs) sitting in the car. This is when you could leave your kids in the car way back when. But she'd be gone for a half an hour. (laughs) My gosh, where are you? And she'd come out with a can of tomato soup. And she'd be like, oh, I just ran into this little guy. And he tells the whole life history. You have a gift of, it's a gift of empathy. You may not feel like it's a gift all the time, but you are very empathetic with people and you make people feel heard and loved and cared for. And I think that's that's a gift that not everyone has. Thanks. Yeah, for sure. And people can people can sense that, too. I think the ability to know if someone's listening to them. Mm-hmm. You also have a gift of you're a helper and you serve. You've served your whole life always willing, you know, your career at the Y is Mm -hmm. a service representative and you're constantly serving the community that goes into the Y, serving at the church, serving your kids, serving your grandkids. She not only prays for lost things, she'll come over and help look for lost things in our house. I do enjoy that. I do enjoy serving. I think that's, that's a good thing. What's your favorite thing to do serving? Oh, I love laundry. <laughs> this is so boring. <laughs> She's laundry. a laundry fairy. I am a laundry fairy. I, I enjoy it. I just really love, love laundry. And um, dishes. I, I do like to do kind of boring things. Like I do like to do dishes and, you know, just the random. I do clean house for a lady too, which is kind of fun. It sounds boring too, but it is fun. You know, she's a great big house. It has four floors, six bathrooms, and I don't do them all at once, but it's kind of a challenge and it's enjoyable and it's really good exercise. And you and Tony have quite a legacy, you know, Mm -hmm. your kids and I have had the pleasure to know a lot of your grandkids. They're all amazing and I think we spoke about this before when I've been on the podcast, but the gift of legacy and, and what that is to pass that on to the next generation and that, mm-hmm. you know, see that multiplied in the next generation and the next. And I've been fortunate to be blessed by that legacy. You know, I feel like I'm always following Tony somehow, you know, yeah, in yeah. Uh, the Air Force and physical therapy mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. 
now, now golf, the golf league. Now I'm yeah. Mark's, Mark's golf partner. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Thank you, Josh. Yeah. Oh, it's a, it's, oh my goodness. I was so blessed he asked me, but I've been blessed to be able to to be a part of that and to witness, you know, the legacy that you guys have. Yeah. And it's awesome to have you at the church and just what that is to, to our church and, and the blessing mm-hmm. that you are not just within your family, but outside yeah. your family. Well, I feel like the church really is a huge family. Like I've known you since you were born. Yeah. And, and for Kate, you know, Beth, when we came here, Beth was a nanny for Kate's family when they went on a vacation, they asked if they could hire Beth to go on this vacation and be the babysitter. And we just have so many interlockings and it's just a huge, maybe we're not blood, but we're Jesus's blood family. And yes, so such a treasure. Shirley has been my prayer warrior. She has been my, uh, you know, I'm probably here only because of Shirley Striefler's prayers and my family and my sanity. She's just a precious treasure. She got to go to Montana with us one year. And we went hiking and she said, I feel like Maria in the sound of music. (laughs) She went up on this mountain like, the hills are alive. It was so cute. She loved it. For those of you who don't know, Celie's oldest daughter, Monica, is married to Shirley's middle son, Bruce. Yes. So Bruce yes. and Monica Striefler are, that's how Shirley and Celie are yes. related now. They met uh, at the mustard seed, but who knew that who their kids knew? were going to get married someday? Little did we know when she came to the little mustard seed bookstore, which was run by the upper room. And little did she know, and little did I know. Isn't that exciting? You just don't know. <laughs> like God has so many surprises, good ones. It's exciting. Like you look at Riley and think, oh, who will she or, you know, Jordan and Jaden and who you look around the church and think, will they marry her? It's just fun. I didn't think I was going to marry Megan. I knew her for <laughs> yes, years. Yes, Josh. Years. Yes. Yeah. It seems like it goes in waves, though, where there's so many girls and just a couple boys or then mm-hmm. it seems like there's more girls born here than there boys, is. It seems like, yeah. I have to bring some in. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, when we had Clem here, Clem Ferris, and he had a couple words for a couple single guys about marriage. And I was thinking about it. I saw one of the guys the other day and I was thinking about it. I'm like, okay, we need to pray this in. He's probably getting anxious. Like, I got this word. Where's my bride? I'm going to pray for his bride to come in. There you go. So do you have any supernatural encounters that you'd like to share about? Well, every day it seems like I have something. But there are a couple angelic stories that I have with my third daughter, Erin. Every time something happened to her, God has miraculously saved her. She was about three years old and she went outside. We lived on a dead-end street with creek running behind our house and it was springtime. So the waters are very high. I lost her. I went, I thought, where's Aaron? Nobody knew. So I went outside and I heard this tiny little voice say, mommy. And it was coming towards the creek. Well, at the same time I began to run towards the creek, there was this construction guy on the other side of the ditch and he heard it too. And he went running and we both were running to this place and we got to this deep crevice and the water and he jumped in and she was hanging onto a little tiny leaf, probably a little tree that was growing. And the water was sweeping her body away. And it, it was miraculous. 
And then a second story with her, she, when we moved to Ohio, we had this well and the top of the well was kind of a broken wood, but the kids never touched it. So we never did anything. And she came in the house one day and she was all muddy. And I said, Erin, where have you been? She said, I, I fell in that hole. And we went out and she had stood on the top of the well cap and the Wood had broke through and she had fallen, which would probably been 50 feet or I I don't know. But there was a little peg on the side of the well, about eight feet down, that caught her foot. Her foot caught in that and she was able to get out and come in the house. There are a couple more stories for Erin. It's always miraculously saving her from death. And every day, you know, I, God protects me from, I've had almost car accidents, and but I can't think of one specific, but every day I'm just rejoicing in things that, that happen that are so amazing. We were out of groceries once when we were really poor. This was way back in the 80s, and I didn't have any groceries, and I was praying, I learned, I just want some green, could we just have some green stuff? Well, that very day, I went to the back door, and there was two bags of groceries, on my steps, full of lettuce and apples and celery. And he's provided, made away, just looked out after us. Those are miracle stories. I, like I didn't die and go to heaven or anything. Little things, big things are amazing. Yeah. And, and his interaction with us. Yeah, it's awesome that you see that. Yes. Yeah, I can testify to that. Tell them about the story about the lost hearing aid at the Y. Oh, yes. This man came up and he said, I lost my hearing aid. And I said, okay, well, I'm going to pray for it, John. Okay. Well, then Roseanne came in a day later and said, I found this hearing aid. I said, oh, I think it's John's. So I took it. So then John came in and I gave it to John. John took it, but it really wasn't John's. But because he went to his ear doctor and said, this is his lost hearing aid, and the, another person had lost their hearing aid, anyway, everybody got their hearing aids back. Isn't that kind of how it went, Beth? It was just fascinating. <laughs> it was complex, but God worked it all out. Everybody that lost a hearing aid found it. When God answers your prayers like that, what does it mean to you? Oh, I just feel so like a rush of warmth and that he really, it really is real. Because you go, I go through little stages like, oh, sure, he does hear. Yes, he hears. Does he really, really love me? Anyway, just those insecurity things that deals with sometimes. And I just feel this rush of joy, joy, just excitement and joy. And this one lady, this, they were... Muslim people that are members of the Y and they had a great big stroller and babies and they lost their car keys and they were really sad and so sad. And I said, well, I'm going to pray. It was kind of out of my comfort zone. But so they looked, we looked everywhere and I said, can I look in your stroller? And there it was, the keys were tucked in, you know, how strollers collapse and fold. And there it was tucked in the stroller. It was an awesome thing. I feel so happy. I feel so excited. I feel so much joy. Just that he really personally loves me. So that should inspire all of you. If you've lost something, (laughs) God cares about it. And you can pray and ask him and he can show you where things are. And if he doesn't listen to you, call Celie. <laughs> She'll pray. She'll add your prayers to your, her prayers to your prayers. And we'll find those lost things. He is so good and so precious and so caring and so intimate with us. It's really good. And he cares about the smallest little detail. Yeah, I think that that's something that people miss sometimes. 
sometimes I think the theology is that God made us and then just kind of set it in motion, just kind of watch as it happen. But my wife pointed out to me and she's written about it, I think in the Shine newsletter of the story of when Jesus wept. She pointed out to me, well, he knew that he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead, but he was weeping because he was sad because his friends were sad. Martha and Mary were sad. And it just showed me that he cares about the things that you're going through mm-hmm. and the day-to-day things, you know, your your prayers for the lost things, that you're able to testify to that and acknowledge that God is helping you find those things and mm-hmm. is really invested in you as an individual. It's just awesome and inspiring. Yeah. Thank you, guys. This has been hard, but wasn't as bad as I thought. Thanks for coming in and sharing a bit of your story. And you are a beautiful person inside and out. I'm Mm. I'm proud to be your daughter. Oh, oh, that's so humbling. We're we're blessed to have you at the upper room and as a part of everything that goes on here. So thanks for sharing. You're welcome. Thank you. Amen. Make sure you tune in next week for another special guest. Bye. Bye. Bye.